Okay, Revelation, the second chapter. We're going to look at, again at the letter of the, to the church in Thyatira. Thyatira, not Thyatira, which I keep saying, but Thyatira. Beginning in Revelation chapter 2, the letter begins at verse 18. And unto the angel of the third church, I can't pronounce church now. Let's try that again. Revelation 2.18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into a great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall be they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Okay, we're revisiting again Thyatira. Uh, we visited, of course, as I mentioned uh, in January, Allison and I, uh, pastor's group and it's uh, very interesting it's a it's a little a little place a little backwater town uh, as we said before no particular religious significance it wasn't a center of anything it wasn't a capital of anything uh, it's the least uh, in worldly importance of any of the churches in the in the uh, seven churches um, it was uh, it had a temple uh, of Apollo uh, and that was part of emperor worship when the uh, emperor cult came along. Uh, it was a small town. And remember we said that uh, it was uh, garment manufacturing, dyers, uh, famous for its fabric dyeing. It, and in fact, uh, uh, it, it is still uh, famous for that. Uh, the, uh, the, the little town there is, is still famous for, uh, for fabric dyeing. And uh, we said they got their... One of their dyes, famous dyes, came from snails. Uh, the, uh, the secretions of snails were taken and used for uh, a purple dye. And when we were there, guess what we found? Snails. So shells. I, uh, shells. Shell, well, these are shells. Yeah, we didn't kill the snails. These are, these are snail shells from Thyatira. So I will have these up if you're interested in looking at snail shells from Thyatira and see how different they might be from snails that you're familiar with. And we said, remember, that the, you had to join, it was a union town, and you had to join the union to have a social life and to have a job. And if you didn't join the union, uh, you wouldn't have a social life or have a job. And we said, well, why not do that? Well, if you're a Christian, 
uh, little problem because each union had its own god and you had to pray to that idol. You had to eat meat sacrifice to idols, which at the time uh, was prohibited to Christians. Uh, and they also had, sometimes had orgies. Uh, so Christians uh, could, could not be part of this. And so that was a persecution of the Christians as well uh, in, in this town. But there weren't many. Uh, uh, there were some, but not, not a whole lot of Christians uh, there. But uh, he, the Lord uh, pointed out that there was this woman, Jezebel, and we said some people say, well, she's symbolic, but I said for many reasons I think she was a, a real person. Uh, she had infiltrated the church in some way and uh, giving, uh, giving people an out, saying, well, you can be a Christian and you can join the, the union and have a job and have friends and all uh, and, uh, because uh, you, can, you, can, uh, you can still be a Christian uh, and commit these, these uh, fornications. Uh, and uh, she, she said... Uh, you know, you can you can be you can you can have this. You know, you maybe heard it said you can have this world and the next one too. You know, you can you can uh, uh, the the prosperity gospel. Christians you know, are supposed to be rich. You may have heard this on TV or some preacher saying, "Well, uh, you know, you, if you're not rich." Uh, you know, God wants you to be rich. He wants you to have money. Uh, he wants you to be healthy. Uh, sickness is an illusion, and it's because caused uh, by, you know, if you're not rich and you're not healthy, it's because there's sin in your life. Uh, and that may have been her message as well, but certainly the results uh, were, the, were the same. Uh, she, uh, as I said uh, last week, she uh, says, God understands our dilemma. We can be Christians. We can give lip service to the union you can pretend to be worshiping the god but not really in your heart you won't be worshiping the god you know that so you can go ahead and and go through the motions and that god will overlook that and we said jezebel's approach is still with us today uh you know do what you have to do in business uh you have to make a living uh you have to do what you have to do Uh, you have to live in the world uh just compromise um when we said there are churches that do the same thing, uh, they don't discipline their members when they fall into sin. Uh, but again, the Lord said, the Lord holds the church responsible and holds people in the church responsible because you tolerate that woman Jezebel and said, I will, he says, I will punish her. Um, and we pretty much finished up with that. I, I did say that, uh, remember if uh, uh, he who... Um, um, I said the, the, the I am he which searches the reins and the hearts. Remember I said the, the word reins is actually kidneys. Uh, and it, uh, so it, it would be literally I, I am he which searches the kidneys and the hearts uh, because the kidneys were thought to be the center of the feelings and the heart was the center of the mind. So he's saying I will search your innermost being, both your emotions and your mind. Um, Keith pointed out, because uh, he's done some research on this verse, uh, one, one way that they thought that the kidneys or the middle part was where the uh, feelings were, we still think that way in some ways today. Uh, you know, when you, you say, uh, uh, you know, when you have a, an emotional reaction to something, uh, you can feel it sometimes in your, in your stomach. You know, you say, well, my stomach's tied in knots. You know, I just have this feeling, uh, or I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, again, so the ancients thought, okay, that's 
since the, since we have those kind of reactions, that must be the center. There's something organ there that's the center of our feelings. And a gut reaction. Gut reaction is a great, uh, great, great analogy. Yes, a gut reaction to something. Okay. Well, we're uh, looking at the latter part of the book now, or of the letter now, um, and he says, "I will give unto you uh, every." I give. Excuse me. I will give unto every one of you according to your works. I will give every one of you according to your works. That's after uh, not putting under uh, any uh, none other burden, um, but he's going to uh, give every one of you according to your works. Uh, we've heard this dire warning before. Now, what he's what is he saying here, or what is he not saying? He's not saying your salvation depends on your works or your good deeds. Uh, we have to put that clause together with the rest of the sentence and to avoid mis- misunderstanding or misinterpreting uh, what that means. Um, he says... I see what you really are on the inside. I'll give to you according to what you do on the outside that reflects what you are on the inside. And this goes back to what Jezebel is saying. Jezebel is saying, separate the two. You know, act one way but feel, you know, in your heart the other way. And the Lord is saying, I will give to you according to what you do on the outside that reflects the reality of what you are on the inside, what you are in your inner person, emotionally, rationally, what, what your faith is, who you believe comes out in your actions. And if you believe in Christ, you're going to act one way and think one way. If you believe in uh, Sibylle or you know, some goddess or have no claim to have no belief at all, you're going to act and think in a very different way. And he's saying, I will reward what you do on the outside that reflects what you do on the in- what you are on the inside, because that's really where we get our reward. Uh, uh, if you know, people call themselves a Christian, uh, comes from a Christian family, but if there's no evidence on the outside of that, then it's a pretty sure bet, as Jesus said. You know, you'll know them by their fruits. If somebody doesn't act what you know in, in, in any observable way like a Christian, it's a pretty sure bet they don't really believe it, even though they might say they are. Uh, remember what James says uh, in, well, look in, in James chapter 2. Familiar passage to, to most of us. In the second chapter of James, beginning in verse uh, 14. For what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? Well, some people interpret that as saying, well, see, he says that works will save you. No. What he's saying is, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by by any good works, then you don't have faith. Uh, Because if you did, you would show it by what you do and what you say and how you think. If a brother or sister be naked, and he gives an example here, and destitute of daily food, and one of you, who claim you're a Christian, say unto them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does that profit? Oh, take care of yourself. You know, oh, I'm sorry, you're hungry. I hope everything goes, up, goes well for you. But you don't help them. Are you showing 
your faith on the outside? No. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. But someone will say, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. In other words, he's saying, Oh, you, you have faith, and I have good works? Show, show me how you're such a great Christian, but you don't do any good works. Can't be done, can it? And, but he says, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. I broadcast my faith to the world by what I do. No, you're not saved by your works, but you're not saved without them. Because if you're a Christian, you'll show it in your works. You're saved by your faith. Uh, you know, as a, as a saying goes, I've quoted a couple times before, used to be famous saying, I'm not sure it's famous anymore, if it was a crime to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you in your life? It was a crime, it was a crime to be a Christian. If you were brought up in charges that you were a Christian, would the prosecution have enough evidence to convict you? Okay, back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. But unto you I say, but to the rest... Yeah, here it is. Unto you I say, and as to the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, verse 25, but that which ye have already, hold fast until I come. Have you ever had a conversation with a New Age person, an occultist, or read any of their books or their literature? I wouldn't spend too much time with that because he warns us here not to mess with the deep things of Satan. Uh, he says uh, he's commending those who have not known the de- deep thing, depths of Satan as they speak. In other words, you know, so-called depths of Satan, which are no, no depths at all. Uh, occult simply means hidden. The word occult means hidden. Uh, those of you who have a medical background, you know, occult in terms of, uh, what does that mean, hidden blood or something like that? Occult. I think it's a term that's used in medicine to mean something hidden or, or in, in that way. I've heard the term occult blood. I should look it up. It just, it just occurred to me. Um, occult means hidden. Uh, here we're talking about hidden knowledge uh, or so knowledge so-called. Uh, in short, uh, it's Gnosticism. Uh, Gnosticism is an ancient heresy that says that there's uh, this hidden body of knowledge that's only available to the elite uh, and the select few. And uh, if you want to know it, you have to go through this initiation process, and it's very difficult to find it out. But then once you get in, you'll be among the elite too. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> you know, I mean, we have this today, don't we? In all sorts of in government areas and banking area, you know, international banking areas and all these all these things that there's this hidden uh, body of knowledge, uh, and uh, we see this in some religions as well. Uh, that that's you know you 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 will get to the certain point. We see that in in the Masons uh, uh, that there's a hidden body of knowledge. Rosicrucians, occult, cults have it. Cult, the word cult comes from occult, hidden. Um, so you. Uh, you have this hidden knowledge or Gnosticism. 
Um, and or New Age. Uh, New Age is, a, is a, of course, a, a current term for the occult. And as I said, it's uh, Masons, Rosicrucians, uh, Jewish Kabbalah is another one, uh, psychics, spiritualists, uh, Mormons, um, neo-Orthodox uh, uh, have it. Uh, you, you try to read some of the neo-Orthodox theologians, um, uh, you will. You, it's very, very difficult to figure out what they're talking about. And some of them have said, well, yeah, I do that on purpose uh, to, to make it hidden and difficult. So uh, um, a lot of it is nonsense, actually. Uh, so the list goes on and on. But what they all have in common of two things, they have a deeper, they say they have a deeper spiritual knowledge than Orthodox Christianity offers. Uh, and two, they deny the Christ of the Bible in one way or the other, either overtly or covertly. In this case, the neo-Orthodox, they talk about how they believe in Christ, but when you find out what they're talking about, it's not the Christ of the Bible. Uh, so they they deny really Christ and uh, when you deny Christ uh, you're affirming Satan um, they don't they don't know that most of them they say they trust in humanity or they worship in nature or the spirits or they uh, the God power within us all uh, or the Christ within us stuff like that that's all smoke and mirrors uh, there's nothing new about the new age Christ himself describes it here in verse 24 what some call or, or King James says uh, uh, the depths of Satan as they speak or what some call the deep things of Satan or the so-called deep things of Satan uh, the Jezebelites here as do the new age mystics of today say they have these deep insights into truth uh, it was interesting for all their differences no matter who you take Rosicrucians, Masons uh, now when I talk about Masons I, as I said before for those who perhaps are hearing this for the first time on the on the uh, audio, uh, I'm not talking about you know your next door neighbor who's you know does good things because he's a mason uh, and he, he thinks of it as the Rotary Club or Kiwanis or something. I'm talking about beyond the third degree uh, of, of Masonic uh, or of the Masonic order up to uh, into the higher degrees where they do get get all this training. Uh, but for all their differences, no matter what cult you're talking about, they all agree on one thing. It's very interesting that the Bible is wrong. The Bible, they all agree the Bible is wrong. Uh, what Christ says about them is that they have deep insights into the depths of hell. Deep, in quotes, into the depths of hell. They are deluded by Satan. Matthew Henry said, It is a dangerous thing to despise the mystery of God, and it is as dangerous to receive the mysteries of Satan. It is a dangerous thing to despise the mystery of God, and it is as dangerous to receive the mysteries of Satan. Uh, see, when a church drifts away from its doctrine, if assuming it ever had one, uh, but if it, it started out as a good, solid, biblical denomination or church, congregation, and it drifts away, and then uh, it'll, it drifts then into more, it drifts away from moral standards. So there's a direct relationship between drifting away from belief in, in the Bible as being infallible and, and uh, uh, inerrant and holy as God's word and just taking it as man's word then it drifts then it drifts also your moral standards start drifting away and the church starts tolerating homosexuality and all of these sinful practices and thoughts and bad doctrines and then where does it go 
it also drifts into mystic rituals, ritualism. See, fallen man wants to know the secret things of God. And Satan is very happy to provide what he calls the secret things and telling him that that's of God. Space aliens or uh, uh, you know, ghosts, spirits, spirit guides, you know, telling you the deep things of God. Verse 24 and 25, very tender. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put on you none other burden but that which ye have already. Hold fast till I come. I won't place any new laws on you. I won't place any new commandments on you. You, you who are the faithful ones, just be faithful to what you already have been given until I come. See, here for the first time in these letters, the Lord lays special stress on his coming. On his coming. Christ is coming to put an end to all the temptations of his people. And if they hold fast their faith, and they hold fast to a good conscience till he comes, all the difficulty, all the dangers will be over. Verse 26, And he that overcomes... And keeps my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers pieces. Even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. This is the conclusion of this message. We have a promise of reward to the persevering victorious believer. And it's broken into two parts, power and dominion over the rest of the world. Verse 26, I will give power over the nations. Number two, knowledge and wisdom suitable to having such power and dominion. I will give him the morning star. What's the morning star? That's Christ. Christ is the morning star. He brings day with him into the soul, the light of grace and glory. And he will give his people that light so that they can rule, have dominion, rule the nations with a rod of iron. See, overcoming has to do with perseverance, and the overcomer is the one who, in spite of all that's happened in his life, has remained faithful to Christ until death. As John wrote in 1 John 5, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And therefore, our faith in him has to continue until our death, until our physical death, of course, beyond. But here it's talking about the death in order for us to complete our life in this body as overcomers. If we master ourselves now, Christ is saying, to him will I give power over the nations. If we master ourselves now, we'll be the master of nations later. Now... That's a quotation from from Psalm 2, as you may remember, um, referencing Christ's rule in the earthly kingdom. Uh, Now, I don't think we have to spiritualize that and say, well, he means when Christians rule with him in the new earth. Uh, I don't think it means that because he says, he who overcomes, that is faithful Christians, shall rule the nations with a rod of iron. 
Now, the Greek word translating, translated as rule there means to feed as a shepherd. Probably wouldn't think of rule when I read it that way, but the Greek there, feed as a shepherd. The meaning is he who overcomes shall rule the nations by shepherding and feeding them with his shepherd's staff. Jeremiah 19 verses 10 and 11 speaks about the rod of iron. See, if a potter didn't like the way a pot turned out, often he he had a metal-tipped rod and he would smash it to pieces and start over again. Those of the nations that will not repent will feel the force of of this rod as the vessels of a potter, verse 29, shall they be broken to shivers. Those nations that reject Jesus Christ as the Lord, whether we're talking about political nations or we're talking about nations in terms of peoples, uh, nationalities, uh, ethnic groups, anybody that reflect that rejects Jesus Christ as the Lord and they refuse to make uh, him their ruler uh, will be smashed. Now, why is this not referring to events in the new earth? I think because there's no sin in the new earth. There's nobody to disobey Christ in the, in the earth made new. Uh, there's no reason to smash uh, people, the, the shivers, to, to pieces uh, in the earth made new, is there? Uh, no, I believe it refers to this present earth, this present human history before the Lord returns, uh, where the Lord reigns, rules over the earth, uh, judging among people because sin is present. Death is present as well. Uh, in the new heavens, the new earth, there is no death, there is no sin, there are no tears because it's populated only by those made new in Christ. So until the end, I don't think means the end of the world, he that holds fast till I come uh, is the end of time before the millennium or the, the time of, of the millennium. There will be time, of course. And finally, I will give him the morning star. Uh, I said before, it's Jesus Christ. Well, you might say, well, how do you just make that up? How do you know this morning star is Jesus Christ? Uh, simply by looking at Revelation 22:16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. So to those who keep their first love, to those who overcome, they will receive Jesus Christ himself. You know, if you, if you get up very early in the morning, you'll often see the morning star in the sky. It's bright. It hangs there in the sky. When all the other stars have disappeared... It's the last one you'll see, and it's very bright. All the other stars have been washed out by the, ri- by the sun, not quite rising yet. But that morning star stays. Uh, it just hangs there in the sky, and then the sun comes up. So before the sun rises, the morning star is its brightest. So what he's saying here is that there will be an appearing of himself before he comes in power and glory but he'll be visible to the whole world. That's the victorious march of the gospel advancing across the globe 
the nations of the world turning to him were being smashed to bits uh, before he comes on the clouds to close the history of the world and usher in the new heavens and new earth or what's called the millennium. So he says, do you have an ear? You have an ear to hear this? Have you been given the spiritual ear to hear this? Can you hear what the Spirit says to the churches? If so, then work. Remain faithful. Overcome. Work to subdue the earth in your own little place. We're all assigned to our own little place, our own little speck of earth. But if we all, if Christians as multitudes of the sand on the seashore, work to subdue the earth and win all of its inhabitants to Christ and Christianize our part of the earth, what a tremendous covering we will have of the whole earth. See, we have the word of God no less. We have the word of God himself who says it will happen in history. And all nations, Revelation 11:5, all nations will bow down under the rod of the good shepherd until the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. It's a direct quote and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let's pray.